Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. 2024 is the year of advancement. The year of advancement. Now, you might be thinking, oh, here we go again, another, you know, motivational No, because I'm going to lay the groundwork to be able to experience this year. And this is the problem. It's just like the word of God. You hear something that looks, it's just out of this world and how can this be? And it's very difficult to receive it. And we deal with this. And I know my, 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 my walk, my journey, I've experienced this over and over again. Especially when you're new in this thing. I wasn't, you know, born in church or even in a Christian home. So when I got operating in this faith, this life of faith and walking with Jesus, there's just like everything, you grow. And you can hinder that growth. And you see this in elementary, starting in elementary school, you'll see some kids excel and some kids not. Now, I don't believe children are born dumb. I believe the atmosphere that we're in and how our identity is being formed affects us. So that means parents, you have a major responsibility, a major responsibility in training your children up in the way they should go in life. And the problem is, is with, quote, the Christian view or the Christian faith, We do it on Sunday and we turn it off Monday through Saturday instead of this being life. And this is what this is about, life. So 2024, the year of advancement. Are you guys ready for this? All right. The Jewish year is 5784. All right. Their year is counted differently than ours. The reason why this is important is because this is their year And in their year, it's interesting because um, the 84 really is important to understand. 57 is not, it's not necessary, but the 84, it's the 84th year, is important in 80, I'm the number eight and the number four. And the reason why it's important is because in the Hebrew language, there's pictures and the communication in that language is based upon that specific drawing. Now, in the, in the word eight, that is the Hebrew word peh, and that's your speech, your mouth. Your speech, your mouth. The number four is dalet, which is a door. Now, in their picture and how the, the, the word is drawn, it's, it's a tent door. So it's the entrance or the gateway or, you don't, see what I'm saying? It's going, being able to go into. This is so vital in understanding because what I see in this year is the words and how we communicate is either open the door or close the door. Now, we know this in Scripture just because of what the Word of God says concerning the power of words. It says life and death are in the power of words. And 
I, you don't have to be going to church to understand that. I mean, just starting off at a young age, you're going to be called a name. And how do you feel about being called that name? Do you feel happy? Well, it all depends on what the word was, right? I remember a devastating word that was made to me in fifth grade. And I'm able to talk about this. Fifth grade. And you know, as elementary school, you get closer to, you know, the junior high years, your body starts changing, right? It's, it's not that little kid anymore. It's getting, there's changes that take place. And for some reason, I think my lips grew bigger than everything else. So I had this one kid in fifth grade, after a summer, came and said, you got big lips, big lips. And that affected me. I was like, I don't have big lips. Yeah, you do, big lips. And, and it bothered me. It bothered me so bad. I, I wanted to do the wrong things when he said that. But it affected me so much. I was, I was in trauma that someone would think I have big lips. Now I know they're just luscious lips. But, but back, then, back then, it was, it was like, yeah, I went home looking at my lips. Do I have big lips? And I, Mom, do I have big lips? Did you give me big lips? But it, it was something that affected me. Now I know everybody, everybody in here has had words spoken to you that hurt you or affected you. And a lot of those times in the process of being grown, you know, train, being trained in your home, there's been a lot of derogatory, a lot of negative words that were spoken to you young and continued on as you got older. And what has happened, it's formed you in your own identity. All of us have some type of, of, of problem or issue in the area where we were trained growing up. All of us in here, everyone in here. That's why statistically, most people say, I will never be like my parents when they, you know, are going to get married or, or you know, have a family. I'll never be like them. That's a, that, that's a, that's a statement that's, that's major in people's lives. Why? Because they're looking at all the faults and failures and the negative things. And what usually happens statistically is they stay exactly like their parents. And they just reproduce what's always been reproduced, you know, generation after generation. So what we want to do is, is we want to get off this train that's headed nowhere and get on this path that God has laid out for us and live this life according to what his word says. We're, we're new creations. We have a new life. It's our responsibility to live it. And that means 2024, it demands this new life and operation. So just in looking that in, in the year of um, the Jewish calendar, that's pretty powerful in those two pictures. Now, the door represents in Revelation 3.8, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. Now, this is Jesus speaking to the church at Philadelphia. He says, I know your deeds. Now, verse 10 gives a revelation. You have kept my word and endured patiently. 
I know your deeds. What were they? You kept my word and you endured patiently. Everybody say patiently. Now, this is, this is so important because what this is, is, is Jesus is, is literally showing them, man, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed because of you guys. I'm seeing you and what you have done is good. And he says, see, I have placed before you an open door that no one could shut. I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. And other churches were doing just that. Other believers were doing this, just that. So what is he saying? He's saying, if you can get hold of this word, and in the understanding of that promise, recognize that patience is needed. Everybody say patience. Patience is needed. And because that, it gives you the ability to endure and to, what does he say? Not deny his name. And so we're, I, I'm putting two and two together by saying that if we walk in this lifestyle, we're not going to deny the things we should be believing. But we need to do what? We need to walk in a position of I obey the word. I believe the word. And in that, I endure patiently. Now, this is important to see, the enduring and patiently. And we'll move on to the next one. The door, the um. The mouth is Romans 4, 17. It is God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. God who gives life to the dead and he calls those things. Now look at that. What does he do? He speaks. He communicated toward things that do not exist as though they do exist, as though it is alive. It is existing. To speaking to what? Things that don't exist. Now, this is in talking about Abraham and what he did. God speaks this way. Abraham got hold of how God speaks. There wasn't stars and God said, hey, stars. He didn't pick up stars and go, oh, stars be. He spoke out into nothing. were part of the family of God. He's Father God. Jesus even said, when you pray, pray, our Father. He's saying, in this family, we communicate with a different mindset. And this is, listen, I can close all this up. Don't even get church-minded or spiritual-minded and just talk about natural psychological truth principles of what words do and what word, what belief does. Science has proven this. Medical science has shown it over and over again. That your attitude and your belief and what comes out of your mouth is going to affect you physically. It affects you emotionally in your soul. It affects you spiritually in the position of belief. And these are the things you have to understand. You have to recognize. We, we don't play church here. This is about life. Everybody say life. That's why we call ourselves love life. Love life. Walking that love life and loving life. And when we love life, 
we're abiding by what the word of God has for us and communicates to us. Because we're not, we're, we're waking up on Monday and we're going, this is what that message is about. It's about Monday. Hip, hip, hurrah, we're in church. And we're hearing some messages, hearing a, 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 a talk concerning God and his word. But do you honestly think this is what this is about? That we have a Bible, we have his word, and he's saying, hear my word and do it, just so we can go to church and hear Bible stuff? No. It's all about life. These words about life. I'm going to show you something that's going to revolutionize your ability to see life in a whole different way in being a follower of Jesus. I promise you. If you're new here, this is going to be the greatest thing that ever happened to you. If you're old here, it's going to be the greatest thing that ever happened to you. I promise you. It's going to be impacting. All right. So the confession of our faith, and of course, we understand that's that communication where Hebrews 11.1 says faith comes by here, I mean, uh, the, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. We know in the Greek, pistes being that belief, that expectation. Faith is that confident expectation of things, what? Believed for. Not, not faith is things you believe for. It's confident expectation. You have expectation and you're confident in what you're seeing and speaking. You guys see this? All right. Hebrews 10:36 says this. For you have need of endurance, patience. You have a need of patience so that after you have done the will of God. When after you believed, after you received the promise, after you heard the message, after God spoke to you about, I need you to be more loving. I need you to, to focus in on the good things instead of the negative. When he's communicating to your heart, after, after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Faith and patience are what is necessary for the promise to be manifested. Faith and patience. Faith and patience. If we look at scripture, most of the time when God's talking about, I'll call it harvest or the the, the need that you're standing in faith for, whatever it is, whatever it is, in that area, it's tied to what God talks about, what he communicates about is seed being sown. Now, the seed, in essence, is it, it's, it's nothing of what we're expecting, but it's everything. See, I, if I want a watermelon, I don't just go and open pack of watermelon seeds and eat them. Now, the, in all honesty, that is the whole watermelon. It's the whole watermelon. You guys hearing? So I don't, I don't, we don't at our house have all these seeds. 
And the boys go to mom, mom, what are we going to have? She goes, oh, we'll have some corn with this. And they go and get corn pack and sprinkle it. Oh, there's our corn. Now you hear this, you look at this like, well, yeah, that's crazy. Everything within the seed is the corn. Everything within the seed is the watermelon. But the seed has to be planted. It, the whole DNA of the seed, everything about the seed is the fullness of what it's supposed to produce. But it's just the seed. But it's the most important thing. What does Jesus say our words are? Seeds. Seeds. The sower, me, sows the word. The seed of that word, right to a lot of you, is just the word. It's just the seed. But I'm looking for the benefits. Well, I'll open the watermelon pack and show you the seed, but I'll say, you know what? Everything in this little tiny seed is going to produce this big old beautiful fleshy watermelon that's going to be juicy and just delicate that when it becomes due season, you'll take that watermelon, you'll cut it open, it'll and you'll take that thing and it'll drip off your face and you, it'll be the most great. But see, all I'm showing you right now is a seed. And now we think of this, well, that's elementary. That's so, it's almost like childish, exactly. And that's what Jesus does. He brings us down to a place where anybody can get it and then everybody can operate in it. So we need to experience that this morning. We need to advance. And we have that expectation of advancement happening in our lives. This is what I want you to believe for. This is what I want you to expect. It's all tied to this word, advancement. You guys ready for this stuff? Or, you know, do we move on and get back to whatever? We don't get back to whatever, so we can't get back to whatever. Advancement, to move forward, growing powerful in your walk. No more stopping. No more going backward but moving forward in your walk. I believe and confess over all your lives, this is what I do. This is what I always speak forth. But now I have a word from God to where now I'm latching my faith on that every person in here is going to advance in their relationship with Jesus. As never before, I can tell you right now, my own personal experience, the closer you get with Jesus, the easier this whole thing becomes. Honest. It just, it becomes so much easier. Life is easier. Outlook is easier. Dealing with issues and problems is easier. But we need to get close with the Lord. And that's what I'm believing for to aid in growth or progress in advancing the cause of love life. 
it's time for us to take love life out to the world. Because you can't say, what I'm hearing here is normal church stuff. You can't do that. You gotta take that information, and I know many of you do this. Many, many. I've been hearing this over years of this type of communication to me. Pastor, I put those principles to work, and I get raised, I get bonuses. I, I'm, I mean, people are, they, they wanna hear what I have to say. And the reason why is not because they're throwing a Bible scripture at someone. That's, that's crazy. That's religion, people. Remember, there wasn't a Bible for, for thousands of years. The early church never seen anything like this. Actually, the organization of Christianity didn't come until 300 years after the beginning of the church in the sense of those are Christians. And nations started accepting it. Now think about this. They had what? They had a letter with words on it that had to believe. That's it. It transitioned into a religious concept later on. But that's, what it, that's how this, the church grown. Now, understand this. They didn't make a bunch of copies of the letter to the Philippians or Colossians or Galatians or Ephesians and just started passing them out. Everybody read this. Everybody read this. It was done by word of mouth, by people like you talking to their family, their friends. They gathered together the church at Ephesus, the church at Galatia, the church at Colossae. They gathered together the pastor, Timothy, Titus, whoever, Paul, Barnabas, sit down, read the letter, dealing with usually what they were asking beforehand. How do we do this? How do we fix this? What do we do when this happens? And then there's a letter written. These are theonustos, God-breathed letters. That means that what was spoken then matters today. It's relevant today. Why? Because it's God. His words are life. And so what happens is, is they hear this and they're experiencing this and they're going through everything you're going through but at an elevated level because everything they're going through is far different than everything you go through. We live here in this day and age. That's gonna be a major, major theme in a minute. To raise and rank, job promotion, businesses starting. Gotta believe, gotta expect. To pay before due. What does that mean? That you're no longer gonna barely pay your bills, you'll have increase. To where it doesn't matter that bill pay says, Put the date down, otherwise it's gonna to be today's date when it, when it goes out. And you have so much, it don't matter. Let it go out today, I don't care if it's a month early. It's gotta get paid. I know a lot of you wanna be there. 2024, year advancement. To supply or lend, to have more than enough. Isn't that what you want? 
Everybody in here wants that. Know why? Because I believe probably everybody in here has credit cards. I, I rest my case. I won. If you have credit cards, that's, that's the whole analogy of you do want. So you will want so much that you'll make payments. Come on, somebody. God was talking about all this supply and, and, and meeting need and multiplying and all that. Not because they all had, you know, Jerusalem First Bank credit card. Come on. We got to connect to this to make progress, improvement in life, improvement in home, improvement in marriage, improvement in relationships. Come on. To move against the enemy, to advance. That is so much of a statement that I have just gravitated toward in my own heart, my own life in 2024. I'm not gonna be on the defensive. I'm going on offensive. Silent no more. No more waiting to see what's gonna happen. I'm gonna make it happen. Are you guys with me? Are you ready for 2024? Because what I laid out to you are things that I know every single person in here, you want happening in your life. You want this. You want everything about this. And I want you to start believing that this is the right thing to say. I want this. I want to be better in my walk. I want to have increase. I want to have more than enough. I don't want to have to live by credit cards. I want to be healthy. I want to be whole. I want a healthy marriage. I want a healthy, I want to have my business. I want to be, I want to be a boss. I want to be a leader. Come on, somebody. You've got to understand this is what you've got to desire. Quit looking at life as I've just got to receive whatever comes my way. You are a child of God. Do you understand that? Jesus died for you. Not for you to lose. My gosh, the word says, run to win. And we've got literally thousands of churches that will attack that type of message. How dare you want to win in life? How dare you want? This is disgusting. We've got to get empowered by God's word. And who cares what those goofballs say? Just because they're on TV, YouTube, or whatever. Who cares? Most everything they're basing their belief system by is what they've experienced or not experienced. I'm going to believe the word of God. I've learned this, and I've been to Bible college, and it didn't help me. It sure showed me a lot of what I don't need to do. I mean, I did get, believe me, I don't want to rip it too bad because I did get a great understanding of the Hebrew language because I took Hebrew, I took Greek, so it helped me in study. That's fine, that's fine. The other stuff, nah, nah. Mainly it was more of trying to conform you in the denominational belief system. So there were a few things that I learned. I learned never take a student loan. It took me forever to pay that thing off. I don't know how many times I went into forbearance. If you don't know what that means, thank you, Jesus. But those that do, you know what I'm talking about. 
All right, now, let me help you. You guys ready for this? You're gonna love this. Now, I want you to really process, you guys are all smart people. I want you to think about everything I'm about to show you. So it's a beautiful revelation of God that helps, helped me and it helps me understand how to receive the promises of God, which by the way, I mean, you can quote Google this, but what we know, it all depends on, honestly, it can break down into viewpoint two of how you perceive a promise. But ultimately, the lowest level of promises are over 3,000, up to 6,000 promises. That's a lot of promises. And according to God, every one of them, he says are yes and amen. So these promises are something that we can look at and experience in our lives. And this is what people need to understand is, is the lack in your life is because of a lack of a promise. Not because of this is God's will or just the way it is. No, it's a lack of, you, you, remember, I need the seed. I need that promise, the seed of that promise into this ground. Now, according to scripture, one in four grounds produce. Now, I can you know, statistically make this comment that one in four people in church are gonna be successful. Being the pastor as long as I have been in, that's pretty close to exactly right. Now, does that mean you have to be the, the one other than number one? No. But the nature, people's choices, decisions that are made. Listen, you're the dirt. Wait, that sounds bad. <laughs> your heart is your ground. How's that sound? Bunch of dirt clods. Your heart. Your heart is ground. Now remember, the seed is a seed. The seed then must be planted into dirt, into the ground, right? For what? For the seed in due season, everybody say due season, to produce a harvest. How many have ever planted a seed uh, to, to see a production of some vegetables or whatever? How many have ever planted a seed? Raise your hand. Okay. If you haven't, come on. What do you, go plant a seed. Now think about this. How many of you, after planted that seed, went, it's not working? <laughs> or the week later, it's not working. Or a couple weeks later, it's just not working. And then finally it breaks the ground and you look at it and go, what take us along? No one, right? If you are doing that, you need help. And we're not qualified for that type of help. That's beyond spiritual. Are you guys hearing me? So we, we, we know. But then we become Christians and we're, Dumb. When I receive the promise, I pray, nothing's happening. 
And that's what we do. We turn, you know, we almost turn God into a microwave. You ever been to a microwave? You know how, how honestly cool they are? Because ovens and everything used to take forever. But now microwave, and have you ever been to the microwave where you're saying, I ain't waiting 30 more seconds. And it was only in there for 90. Just me? Am I the only one that does that? I, I, I do it all the time. I'll do it to air fryer. It's, I got to set on time. I'll come back and I'm going, are you kidding me? What's going on? And we're talking about cooking a steak in, in, in 14 minutes. So I come in and if it's got, if it's two minutes, I'm going, oh, I'm giving you one more minute. That's it. I'm the one who sat the steak in time. But I'm like, going, no, it's done. Pull it off, take that thing out. And it's like, ah, I'm like, God, man, another minute would have helped. All right, anyway. Ready? Jeremiah 29 11. Jeremiah 29 11. I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited for 24 people. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for Love Life because I'm telling you right now, we are going to help you in every way we can to become the greatest, most powerful believer on planet Earth. We are going to have the resources, the, the available uh, uh, classes and things that will help you be able to do this. Level Up is going to go crazy starting, coming soon, as in tomorrow. And so that in itself is going to help you daily and for, for this thing that we're going to be doing. And I'm not going to talk about that right now, but I will get to it later. Ready? Are you guys ready? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace. Everybody say thoughts of peace and not of evil. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. I know the thoughts, God says, I think towards you. I said, I know the thoughts. God said, I know the thoughts. I know my thoughts, I think, towards you. Then to help you, because we're going to go, what are they? Or we're going to do this. Oh, we know the thoughts you think toward us. I've been screwing up all week. I blew this. I didn't do this. I didn't honor this. I didn't follow through with this. I missed church. And then I know how you think, God, you're not happy. You're mad. You're agitated. You're aggravated. And God says, whoa, 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 whoa. I know the thoughts I think toward you. Now, this is spoken to Israel, not when Israel was all good, not when Israel was doing everything that, that the Lord wanted. No, 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 because Israel sucked at doing that. They were terrible. They, they, if they didn't have a super great leader that, that was 100% submitted and committed to the Lord, they'd go crazy. And I mean crazy beyond crazy. Unimaginable crazy. God's people would be crazy. Diabolical. Bad. God says, I know the thoughts I think toward you. What are they? Thoughts of peace and not of evil. The Hebrew word shalom is a, a, a beautiful word because it's not peace, love, brother. Have a peaceful day. 
No. The word peace carries this mindset of a blessing. Sneaking on my notes there. A blessing means nothing missing, nothing broken, wholeness. So when you hear the word shalom, that's what it means. It's not hello, goodbye at all, not in the Hebrew words. So that's what he says. I have thoughts of wholeness, nothing missing, nothing prosperity over your life, not evil, not evil. To give you a future and a hope, destiny, vision. Every time God used the word hope, he's saying confident expectation. To give you the ability to have a confident expectation. Come on, somebody. This is the heart, this is the mind of God. Now, are you guys ready? This is spoken in Jeremiah 29, correct? You want me to tell you what's going on right now? Israel has been taken captive by Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. He went in, went to battle, took all the top Israelites, all the young ones, killed and destroyed others, and took them captive to Babylon. They are now living in a pagan society, hundreds of gods, a, a, a belief system that is beyond what they've been trained to believe. It's, it's, it's a place of, of turmoil and disgust. How could they believe this way? And how could they, how could they want this for this? And how could they have this for this? And, and, and it, it's, it's a bad place to be in. And I know there's people right now, you look at our society, you look at, you look at the United States, you're going, well, how'd we get here? I mean, when the, what their beliefs are, and, and, and it's, it's, it's perverted. And the direction all this is going, and you can look at life and you're going, this is, this is crazy, it's disgusting. See, back there, they're taken captive. They don't have the will. They don't have a choice anymore. They're in a position where they're now not living in the position of God leading them, they're now in a position of pagan lifestyle. This isn't Israel anymore. And this is where they're at. Jeremiah's a prophet. He has to do what prophets or what leaders do, and that is, I need you to give you God's word. I need you to hear the word of God because things need to be fixed, things need to be changed. But it's all to help you. God isn't communicating to hurt you ever. Everything the Lord wants is to benefit and to bless you. Why in the world does he say, with great love, I loved you. While you were sinners, Christ died for you. Don't tell me my God doesn't care about you. And don't tell me he doesn't love you greatly because he does. Even in your stupidity, even in your ugly. And this is the God I see and the God I know. And Jeremiah is now speaking to these, this group of Israel that's literally the, the existence of Israel now, right now, living in Babylon. These are God's people. They're not out there anymore. There's no nation no more. It's there. How are they going to survive this? How are they going to be a nation? 
They're being transformed, names change. Everything about them, they're trying to get their identity fixed on Babylon now. Daniel's names change. Remember Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those are Babylonian names. I don't know their Jewish names. It's just, this is what I learned from Veggie Tales. <laughs> Shadrach and Benny. <laughs> Anybody have kids? All right, y'all with me. So Israel's taken captive. The purpose of the word from Jeremiah is to bring hope in a time of turmoil. The action that he's gonna take is to live life that will be a good witness amongst the Babylonian pagan society. This is what he's doing. He's going to talk to three groups of people in his letter. The three groups of people are those with no hope, those with false hope, and those with true hope. When I said I'm going to give you a message that when you walk out of here, you, you, your revelation understanding of this is going to be greater than ever before. This is the stuff right now. So I want you to lean in. I want you to focus in what I'm about to say. Because what we have is we have a word from God that says, listen, this is my viewpoint of the situation. Good, not evil. Future, a hope. They're living in a pagan society, captive. Are y'all with me? Jeremiah is saying, I've got a message that'll help you. And their attitude is what? Good, a message for us to get out of here because that's the only thing that's gonna help us. See, that's the message of the, the crazy prophet people out there right now. That's the message of most Christians are wanting to hear. Give us out and change us and get us out of here and get us. We all wanna run, 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 run. And God's saying, that's wrong attitude. Not that we're looking to expect evil or to have evil reign over us. No, no. But I'm a child of God. I don't run from nothing. That's a problem with the church. Too many churches are teaching us how to run, how to, how to, how to back off, how to, how to submit. But that's not what the Word of God teaches. Oh, I'm going to help you. And you're going to wake up tomorrow a whole different mindset as a follower of Jesus. I promise you, when you leave, you will. Now he's speaking to a captive group that's in a pagan society. Now listen. To those that have false hopes, what's happened? They're in this position where they no hope, those with no hope, they've lost everything. They've lost loved ones. They've lost their jobs. They've lost their, their, their you know, their, a brand new chariot they just paid for. They've lost everything. They, got, they, they don't have, they, they are going, you know, with the clothes on their, what they're carrying. And they're going into this Babylon, which is taking months and months just to get to. They're living there right now. And many in Israel are going, this is it. We're, we're done with. So what they do is they quit. They give up on life. 
We're slaves. We're, we're captive. We, we don't have a say. We don't have a will. We're nothing. We're lower than nothing. They're going to treat their animals better than us. No hope. They've lost it all. They've lost it all. No matter what they're looking at, no matter how they see society, everything says hopeless, hopeless. There are people in here right now, you have that vision of hopelessness. Maybe, maybe it's not whatever's going on out in the country or the state. Maybe it's a medical report. Maybe it's, it, it's a relationship. Maybe it's a marriage. You have hopelessness. Come on. This is what God's dealing with right now. Can you, are you going to, here you have your family in Babylon. I mean, this isn't, you know, you've you got a little church in Babylon. Everything's going good. You know, you've got a church. No. I mean, you're at a place where you don't even want to have a kid here because you're going to be born in this pagan society. They're literally quitting. Jeremiah says this. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city where you've been taken captive. Pray to the Lord for it because when the city prospers, you will prosper. Isn't that amazing? The word says, quit being hopeless. Start building hope. How do you do that? You start praying and believing for the place you're in. You start expecting God to impact and influence. You look at life with not a life of, we might as well quit, but you look at life and say, how can I be better today? This is what's going on. And, and I, I, I'm going to continue. They'll hear the rest of the words because they'll add on to what I just said. You have the group that has false hopes, prophets. Jeremiah goes straight to it. He mentions this, but what happens is they have false prophets in Israel. And they're going around saying, I prophesy, I prophesy. And they're going, we'll be here less than two years. I prophesy. This ain't, this ain't nothing. We're going to be here a short time, short time. You can hear this on YouTube. I mean, I remember where, the end of last, last um, uh, the presidential race, all these prophets, Prophet Skippy and Prophet Weenie, you know, prophesying Trump will be back in. Trump will be in. Trump will be in. Trump will be in. Trump. Prophesy. That's that Lord. That's that Lord. I mean, goop balls, just blasting out there. And we got Christians going ah, because that's what they do. We're not founded. We're not grounded on truth. We're founded and grounded on emotionalism. Don't go looking for them. You don't need to. Don't don't get on the analytics of those goop balls. All right. I guarantee you there are a few of you that have them, but delete your history. Start anew. Start afresh. 2024, start afresh. You listen to too many goofy people. Stop it. I mean, there are goofy, goofy people out there. You say, thus saith the Lord, and miss it. You, you, you don't get to do it again. And all of them are doing it again, again. And I'm not like paying attention to it. I just like, I see it. And it's just for story purposes, okay? I, I honestly, it's, it's, it's very ugly. But these guys are false prophets, and they're going, hey, it's brief. Don't do anything. Don't have any plans. Resist. Don't submit. 
This is what they, this is what they, they were saying. Don't do, stop, stop. Don't follow anything they're doing. Fight. Jeremiah comes on the scene. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> this, is, this is beautiful. Uh, you got 70 years here. That's what he says. The Lord says, 70 years, you're going to be here. And they're like, huh? No, no, Prophet Skippy said we'll be out of here next year. All right. <laughs> See, you'll be doing that every year for 70 years. And he says, listen, 70 years. Now watch this. <laughs> Live for God. Get along with your captors and pray for them. That's what he says. He also says this. Build families. Have children. And have your children have children. He's saying multiply. Grow in the midst of this pagan society. Have babies. Continue to have babies and have vision and understand that your God has a vision for your destiny. He thinks good things, not evil. And he's building these people up and giving them hope in a hopeless life. This is what God does. He comes in on the scene and says, you've been looking at too many wrong things. Look to my word. Remember the words of Jesus? Pray for those who despitefully use you. Pray for your enemies. And in this word of Jesus, these are words we don't want to listen to. We're, we're wanting Jesus to talk some Old Testament. Go ahead and shoot them right now. Move on. That's what we want, but Jesus isn't doing that. He says, he gives us teachings in, 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 in Timothy to pray for those in authority. What? We're gonna pray for that sick president? Are you kidding me? That's not fair. I mean, that's like praying for the devil. But that's what Jesus said. Pray for them. See, we lose sight of the power and ability of prayer that we have, that we carry people. Remember, prayer is communication. It's what it is. But it's communication and faith. Communication and belief. Are you praying something that you have faith in and believe, or are you just praying? Because those prayers don't work. You're just, you're just making noise. God wants you to focus in. Pray correctly. Communicate correctly. You guys hear me? Communicate correctly. That's why you got to be taught on what is prayer. Get rid of the word prayer and use communication first and foremost. And then communication is simple to understand. Why? Well, because we all communicate. Do we communicate with everybody the same way? No, no way in the world. You communicate with the ones close to you different than your neighbors or different than someone you meet at Safeway. Your communication changes based upon what? The relationship, the authority in the relationship. In the home, you can communicate differently. You have authority language and you have submissive language. Father, mother, children, right? Come on, people. It, that, by the way, is prayer in Scripture. But we don't do that because it's religious mindsets. 
We don't understand this. We turn it into a religious book. No, God's teaching you how to communicate correctly. It's just in the translation, they use the word prayer. And they use it for every type of word that's used differently in the Greek language, which that's wrong. You got areas that are tied to close relationship prayers about certain different things. Then you got prayers where God's saying, demand, command, have authority. But prayer, 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 prayer. And it's based upon a religious definition. Lord God is. That's not the Bible. I said, it is not the Bible. So we have to learn what? What is this? Well, first of all, it's not the Bible. That's what they named it, not God. It's the gathering of, first of all, the Old Testament writings for Israel and the history of Israel into the Gospels. They give us the revelation of Jesus and showing us the Father and the purpose of why he came and our ability to have a new life. And then the new covenant, which we operate by. And that new covenant is written to those that follow Jesus. It's how you look at it. That's how you understand it. But please understand that this is written to people that they don't have any hope in the natural. And God's bringing a word that says, oh, yeah, this is what I want you to do. You guys think about this. When Israel went into Egypt, how many people were there? 70. That's it, 70. When Egypt said, we got to do something with them, we're scared of them. How many were there? Approximately 1.5 million to 2 million. Oh, it wasn't like the, the movies you see where, you know, a few thousand people walking. No. Now think about that. How did they multiply people? Do you understand they were slaves in Egypt? Do you, are you guys following me? 70 to, to almost 2 million or what, 2 million? What is going on? A, a picture we need to pay attention to. God's telling them in Babylon to do what? You're going to be here for 70 years. Grow, become mighty. Because you're going to come out and I need a mighty nation. Are you guys seeing this? You, you screw up here and you just stop having babies and give up on life. It, th this is not easy. I need you to come out big and strong. And that's exactly what happens. God goes in the midst of, of this ugly situation and says, prosper in it. Become powerful, mighty in it. Do you not remember the stories in, in, in the Old Testament? Remember Daniel? I mean, it was, he was elevated to the number one commander under the king. This is what God does with believers, people. Quit looking out there in a hopeless life. Oh, how did the church start? Well, what we do know as far as numbers in the book of Acts is 120 were gathered, right? That's all, that's what we do know. We know for sure. And let's say it's a few more. Who cares? That's just, that's tiny. Do you know how many people call themselves Christians today? Anybody want to take a guess? Huh? 
2.8 billion. Now we know that's not a, that's, that's a religious picture, but 2.8 billion from 120. Now you show me the route of this perfect, simple lifestyle Christian faith that produces 2.8 billion. I'll show you, you don't know history at all. What's going on? What is going on? From the beginning till today, God is trying to show us something where we've been deceived. We're so consumed and concerned about the difficulties in our nation as believers or any other place in, in this world. Re reverse back to the beginning of the church, what it mean to be a Christian then? Death, martyrdom, used in the Colosseum for lion, lion food, scattered abroad over the, the world because of persecution. Are you guys hearing me? Nothing simple. Nothing simple. Everything about being a follower of Jesus was something you had to hide or die. It wasn't, let's all go to church. Yeah, here we are. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I sort of remember the words saying, more than a conqueror. Prosperity, increase, health, deliverance, wholeness. I, I, keep, I keep seeing the scripture talk to me and say that a, a new identity, that all things are possible to those who believe. And I'm seeing and I'm hearing all these words. When? In the midst of the worst times of Christianity. We live in a society of easy and we have a difficult time believing and I am the righteousness of God in Christ. When was that spoken? Thousands of years ago in the midst of devastation. You're more than a conqueror. When was that spoken? Thousands of years ago in the midst of death and destruction. What is that telling you? Do you hear what I'm saying? All these words, all these promises that we stand on, God was given to them. What? Playing with them? Toying with them? Messing with them? Saying, you know, this doesn't really work until you become the United States. Are you guys listening to me? Let's listen with eyes of understanding to our realizing, wait a minute. I got goosebumps. All these promises and these, these, these words of hope and faith and expectation and sowing and reaping and God multiplying was in the midst of hell. The churches were in the midst of turmoil and destruction, but they grew and mightily did they grow. We should be powerful, not weak. We should be overcoming, not running away. This is our day to shine. The worse it gets out of it, out there, the, the brighter we should become. And this is not a religious light. 
This is life light. This is truth. And I'm getting so excited, I'm spitting. I don't spit a lot. Man, it's spitting right now. Can you imagine if it was 2020? You'd all be freaking out. Ah, run, run. Do you guys hear this? All these promises, new creation, everything, everything that we're, we're, we're enjoying in here. Oh, God greatly loves me, and, he, and I have a new creation. I'm a new creation, and, and the old has passed away. Behold, all things become, and I can, I can do anything because Christ leads me into victory while my neighbor's getting martyred. See, do you understand what's going on? God has his word. No matter how the world goes through its process, his word is his word. So wherever you live, if you lived in Guatemala or here, if you lived in South Africa or here, if you lived in, in Canada, no, no hope in Canada. If you, no, just kidding. <laughs> Canada, wherever you lived, if you get God's word, that word will work. <laughs> it will work. It does work. Thousand years ago, today. Same yesterday, today, and forever. You guys hear this? So what do we do? We pay attention. We pay attention to this stuff. We realize, wait a minute, what happened? The third group is the group that had hope. They had hope. They dreamed. They had the word of God as their foundation. God gave them a promise, I will deliver you. There was no need to be afraid or discouraged. Why? Because this is the promise. See, they believed. There's the difference. You have the same, same blood, the same culture, the same beliefs. And you got one that have no hope whatsoever. Two that have false hope. They're believing, let's get out of here. We're going to get out of here. We're going to get out of here. And then you got ones that are sitting there going, nah, we're good. We'll prosper here. We'll prosper there. It don't matter. We believe God's word. We believe God's word. And that's what Jeremiah talked. He said, this, this is a group that believes. God makes his plans for his people, good plans that bring hope peace, the ability to have expectation for their future in every situation. God promises favor. He promises health. He promises restoration. He promises deliverance. He promises, these are the promises of God. Then, in the midst of pagan society, and today, in the midst of a crazy world, same promises they're real today, just like we were then. Are you going to believe? Are you going to believe? I have more foundational teaching that I will teach next Sunday on this message. But on, the, on your pastor's heart is the ability to communicate this with the expectation of follow-through. I want to see this to be your greatest year because 
you're advancing in life. Because you're choosing to believe. I want your marriages to be the best. I want your families to be the best. But see, I'm gonna tell you right now, and this is just, this is just the truth. If you keep the same, it won't be. That's impossible. You've got to have growth. There's got to be change. I'm not saying it has to be drastic or demonstrative change where you leap. It's got to have change. You already know areas you need to fix. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you. Thank you.